Anyway, good morning. I'm uh, Stephen Chia. Today we are here for a very interesting topic within the blockchain community. It's women in blockchain. Okay, so blockchain is a very interesting uh, new field that a lot of you probably uh, have heard of or have read about. But we thought of doing something different, which is actually talk a little bit about what blockchain is, but from the perspective of women in blockchain. All right, just to give you a bit of a perspective, in the financial technology world, in fintech, you know companies like Fidelity, JP Morgan, right? Well, just to give you a list, the CEO of Fidelity Investments, one of the biggest, largest financial uh, brokerage house in the US, the CEO is a lady. Her name is Abigail Johnson, Santander Bank in the UK, okay? Anna Botin is the chairman of the company, right? NASDAQ, I'm sure you've heard of NASDAQ. The president and CEO is also a woman. Her name is uh, Adina Friedman. Of course, you heard of Tomasic Holdings. Ho Ching, she's actually the CEO, right? JP Morgan Asset Management. Mary Callahan, she is the CEO. Now, onto the blockchain space, the inventor of Lightning Labs. You heard of things like Lightning Networks for the blockchain industry. The founder is actually Elizabeth Stark, okay? Cointelegraph, which is all of us know Cointelegraph in the blockchain world because that's where we get our latest news. Okay? The founder and the CEO of Cointelegraph is Tony Lane Kessely. Uh, Coinbase, which is one of the largest digital currency exchange in the US. Catherine Hanna, she's actually a board member. Okay? The Chamber of Digital Commerce, one of the associations representing the blockchain world in Washington, D.C. The founder and the president, Perianne Boring, she's... Uh, the founder of that organization. Then the, all of the crypto people, you know where they store their money? In a little hardware wallet called Treasure. Treasure CEO, her name is Alina Virona. Okay? Tezos. Tezos is a blockchain company that shot to fame because they raised 200 over a million US dollars. Okay? Treasure, Kathleen Britman, she's actually one of the co-founder. Okay? Now, the list can go on and on if you start Googling it. Okay? But within NEM, women outnumber guys here in NEM Malaysia, okay? <laughs> so, my NEM USA lead is also a woman. Her name is Alexandra Tinsman. She also is the person behind Inside NEM, a video series on YouTube. Uh, that's a great way to find out about NEM, okay? My NEM Dubai lead, her name is Donna. She runs my NEM uh, Middle East, okay? And my NEM Thailand and NEM... Taiwan is also run by a woman. Both Laura and Flora runs those two countries. So with this, and guess what? The person, of course, who runs Women in Blockchain Conference is also a woman. It's none other than Jasmine Ng. Uh, she is involved as a director for investments and special projects. So this is one of her special projects, okay? With this, I just want to say good morning to everyone and welcome to the center. And I hand you off to Jasmine. Thank you, Stephen. Steven's too kind. I'm being compared to such a long list of illustrious ladies or being put on the same list as them is uh, pretty awesome. Thanks. Welcome. So as what Steven said, welcome to Women in Blockchain. And this is one of my special projects, a project that is very close to my heart. Welcome to Women in Blockchain. And thank you for being here so early in the morning. I want to kickstart this event with a little note of my own. Now, <coughs> the late 2000s was a time of awakening. 2007 
was the first Bersih rally. Bersih is a collision that fights for electoral reform, for those who don't know. I remember, yes, I was there. True, I am a rebel with a cause. I remember the tear gas. I remember how it stung. I witnessed police brutality in front of me. It was a different time for Malaysia, and I'm so glad for what it is now. I also remember the night spent secretly planning and fighting what seemed like an uphill battle against an authoritarian government that refused to go, that refused to change. The system seemed stacked against democracy. I was also serving as one of the subcommittee members for Bursay. I was helping them raise funds. I was part of the treasury team. It was a very interesting time. I also worked for a bank at the same time, a government-linked corporate, Maybank. So you can imagine daytime banker, nighttime usurper, planner, Bursay activist. That was me. And it was a very interesting time indeed. Now, you also know during the 2008, there was a housing crisis. As a banker, I was very intimately updated of all the things that was happening in US. As some of you know now, I am a banker. And in the subprime mortgage crisis, it was the Great Recession of the 2000s. And the intimate role that the bankers and traditional financing system played in it, we eroded a lot of trust at that time. It was terrible. My husband then lost his job because of the Lehman crash. He had been part of an organisation that was very close and had a lot of dealings with Lehman. And when Lehman made its announcements, he lost his job. And that's the reality of what was happening. Then, the systems. That was my awakening and how I began to delve deeper into thinking. How can we create a better system? Because when the Lehman Brothers crashed, what it showed us very clearly was how corrupt the system was. How do we now replace this system that is broken with a more equitable system? a better system, not just in finance, but definitely in governance, in the distribution of resources, in how power is wielded, how we make decisions in this world. I saw the world as a series of systems that were stacked to favour elites, and this system needed to change. That's part of how my blockchain journey began. Because when you see how the little people are suffering on the ground because the rich were getting richer. You come to understand something has to change. Something has to give. Then we had the internet. For many, the internet promised decentralization, democracy, and a more equitable distribution of resources. It promised to upend the old way of doing things. But somehow, somehow, we always get caught in the same old cycle. A new player comes, to challenge the old king, promising freedom. And then, guess what? They become the new king. The king is dead. Long live the king. So a new king comes. Today, we are seeing unprecedented level of consolidation and control in the tech industry. Where the giants like Amazon, Google, Facebook operate as virtual monopolies. And you know what? As consumers, we, some of us, have happily handed our privacy. 
our data because we are always taught it's either control or convenience. Pick one or the other. You can never have both. Google is not a great thing. Sometimes when you think about it, how scary it is. Google recommends to me stuff that I didn't realize Google would know. I'm tr I bought a plane ticket on MAS website, but Google will be sending me updates on the new destination I'm going to next month. Have you ever wondered how Google Feed know where you're going? It's scary. They know everything. Now, blockchain offers a chance to break this. Truly, it does. Blockchain as a technology offers a tremendous opportunity for us. And blockchain is still in its nascent stage. Blockchain will break the wheel. It gives us an opportunity to break the wheel. Let me quote from Harvard Business Review. Blockchain is not a disruptive technology which can attack a traditional business model with a lower cost solution and overtake incumbent firms quickly. Blockchain is a foundational technology. It has the potential to create new foundations for our economic and social systems. With blockchain's transparency, immutability and distributed nature, we can create new foundations, not just shift them. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the opportunity to reinvent our new foundation into a more equitable one, not convenience or control. We now have the opportunity to say convenience and control. And my fellow colleagues will be sharing with you how that can be. But as much as I want to evangelize about the utopia of blockchain, I cannot. Because at the end of the day, a system, a technology, is only as good as the people behind it, you and me. No technology will solve that. Even if, yes, one day we might have a robot overlord dictating the world, even then, we still need people. Women must be a key part of shaping blockchain's future, and we have our work cut out for us. At the North American Bitcoin Conference, only three out of 88 speakers were ladies, while the conference after party was held at a strip club. Joy, I wonder if there were boys there, but I don't think so. Not in North America. MetaMask, a bridge that allows Ethereum distributed apps to be run in browser, is 96% male. Less than 1 in 10 crypto investors are female. According to CoinDance, as of last week, Bitcoin community engagement is 91% male. You must understand, NEM is a rarity. It is a gem. See, NEM gem. It's true. <laughs> no, it's true. What is in NEM is not common across the entire technology blockchain landscape. And we are here to change that. Not just for the empowerment of women, but also for equity. Generally, tech is still disproportionately dominated by men. At Google, women make up only of 31% of the workforce. If you're talking about technical jobs, then that number drops to 20%. The stats are about the same across the board. At the same time, across the world, women are outpacing men in terms of tertiary education, with more women graduating from university than men. But social and economic barriers to entry, women aren't going to magically close the pay gap. 
we need to make a conscious effort. And this is part of it. Even as we deal with high-level concepts of distribution of power and transparency, we must not forget those on the ground, Maria Chin Abdullah and Sisters in Islam's work. The education gap, child marriage, domestic abuse and societal discrimination are still frequent occurrences in this part of the world. For those of you who are here, I'd like to encourage you to sign up the uh, petition against child marriages that Sisters in Islam has placed at their booth. Please do put a signature in support of it. That would be tremendous uh, lending of a helping hand. I have to thank my compatriots at Women in Blockchain for inspiring this conference. I attended a similar one in New York, and even as I took tremendous lessons from it, I also thought it was incredibly important that the developing world in Asia ought to have its own movement. It's in that spirit that today, we are holding the inaugural Women in Blockchain Asia, and it's with great pride that I declare Women in Blockchain open. Thank you.